Hello, you're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast with Angie Cho. Episode number four, Feng Shui for your bedroom. Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. For this fourth episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about the bedroom. I'm going to talk about what the bedroom represents. I'm going to then tell you how to place your bed, things that you should look at when purchasing a bed or looking at the type of type of bed you should get, how you should live with your bed. Also look at other elements in the bedroom, such as colors, objects, your linens, electronics, and then I will address the question everyone always has, is it bad to have mirrors in the bedroom? So I'll start with what the bedroom represents and symbolizes in feng shui. In feng shui, we have this concept that looks at the degrees of separation from you. So when you look at, for instance, your home or the city you live in, that is part of your environment. That is part of the environment that you can create feng shui shifts in. So you can create shifts in your country. You could create shifts in your city. You can create shifts in your home. But you can also get more specific and closer to you by making changes in your bedroom. You spend a lot of time in your bedroom, a lot of passive time sleeping at least, well, hopefully, at least eight hours, you're in your bedroom, falling asleep, waking up, getting dressed. And a good portion of that time is spent unconscious. So the space in your bedroom really affects you. So the closer something is to you, the more it represents you and the more it affects you. So we could even get closer. We could look at your bed, your actual bed really, really does influence you in feng shui philosophy and then even your clothing. And that's for another episode, but there's a whole study of feng shui clothing as well, feng shui fashion. So that's why I think it's really important that we start talking about the bedroom because here's where you can make a lot of changes that will be really impactful because you spend a lot of time in your bedroom, a lot of passive time sleep. We call it, you're in a yin state, or a passive state when you're sleeping. So things really affect you. You're much more open to the energies around you. So this is why your bed is really important and your bedroom is really important. So let's first look at your bed. It's really important to look at the type of bed you have. The best type of bed frame to have would be one with a solid headboard without any perforations in it, no bars. And I know a lot of people don't even have a headboard. And what that may represent is that you're in this temporary state without stability. And it may impact 
the stability you have in your relationship because the headboard needs to be very well fastened to the bed and it represents the stability that ties you and your partner together. So I encourage you, if you're planning on getting a new bed, to get one with a solid headboard and back. If you already have a headboard, not able to get a new one, you can do your best. You can maybe put some fabric behind it or in front of it to create more stability. It creates a sheathing. And do your best. Like The perforations may represent that things will fall through in your relationships. You may not have the stability and support that you need that a headboard can provide. And for instance, vertical bars may represent a feeling of being imprisoned within your relationship. There's a lot of metaphors here, a lot of visual metaphors that matter. Another thing about the bed is that it's really good if you don't have a platform bed. A platform bed are those beds that go all the way to the ground. There's no space under there. There's no air under the bed. Also, those beds with drawers underneath. And I know some people really like to have that extra storage, especially in New York City, where I live. A lot of people are really in need of extra storage. So it's not ideal to have a bed that doesn't allow you to have any air or space to move around you because you really want that energy, that chi, the life force energy to be able to flow all around you while you're sleeping and nourish you and not be stuck. So if you have a platform bed and you can't change it, just be sure to be aware of the situation and know that it might be, it might not be positive. Another thing about having storage under under the bed, which I just touched upon, if you have one of these beds with drawers underneath or storage underneath, or if you just have a bed and you put storage underneath it, be aware of what you are storing under the bed. So what you have underneath the bed represents you and affects you. You're sleeping on top of it. Remember, this is your passive yin state that you're sleeping in bed and this energy affects you. If you have... Uh, letters or photos of ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends or some kind of negative items or even sharp items, hard items. Those aren't great to have under your bed. Even active items like books really creates a lot of active energy and can affect your sleep. It can also represent unconscious blocks you may have in your relationships. Like for instance, the photos of an ex-boyfriend, maybe that's what's holding you back from moving on. So I encourage you to clean up and declutter any storage under your bed. And if you have to have things under there, because I do understand sometimes you need that extra storage space, do your best to have only soft bed-related items there. For instance, linens, pillows, soft things, blankets that are sleep-related and soft and not sharp or harsh. Because it's very, very close to you. Now... I'm probably going to talk about the commanding position in every episode, and so hopefully you've gotten it by now, but your bed should be in the commanding position if possible in the room. That means you're not in line with the door, and your back is, uh, well, when you're laying in bed, you want to be able to see the door and the expanse of the room while not being in line with the door. So you don't want the back of your head facing the door while you're laying in bed, and this really affects you while you're sleeping because 
you could get startled in the middle of the night and not know what's happening and it and it really affects your stress levels and your adrenaline levels. So I encourage you to move your bed in a position so that you can see the door while not in line with the door. If you can't do that, you can set up a mirror. Usually I suggest a standing mirror of some sort in the bedroom and make sure that when you're laying in bed, it's angled so that you can see the door. It's really important that you can see the door when you're laying in bed. Another thing about your bed location is that you don't want it in line with the door, and this is part of the commanding position. So if you have to have your bed in line with the door, if it's a very small bedroom, you can get a faceted feng shui crystal ball. I sell them on holisticspaces.com. And you can locate that in the space between you, uh, your door and the bed, and that's going to take any of that rushing chi that's coming towards you while you're laying in bed. So the energy that comes in from the door will come rushing towards you while you're laying in bed if the bed is in line with the door, and it could be harmful, can affect your health, and can affect your sleep. So if you put a crystal ball there, it's going to um, metaphorically and energetically shift that chi and disperse it so it's not harmful to you. Finally, another thing that you should look at just in terms of your bed is to, if possible, get a bed with either one box spring or get one that you don't need to use a box spring for. Because when you have the split box spring, because a lot of these uh, beds that are queen or even always king size beds tend to have two box springs and that split in the middle can create a separation between you and your partner. So if possible, don't have that. Also, if possible, try not to locate your bed underneath a beam. The beam will shift the energy the way that it flows around you while you're in bed and could set up the energy so that it comes down and it can be harmful to you. So for instance, I just went to a client's apartment for a consultation and there was a beam that ran parallel to the bed. So basically it split the bed in half into the wife's side and the husband's side and that can create a separation. Or if you have a... um, beam over your head, it could cause a lot of headaches. So the solution for that would be to, well, the traditional solution would be to get feng shui flutes, but it's not my favorite. So I like to get like a beautiful fabric and to drape it over the beam. And maybe in a future episode, we'll go over that in more detail. So we went over all the things that you should look at or a lot of the things that you should look at when you're setting up your bed and there's so many other things but these are just the basics and so those so it's really important to pay attention to the bed because it represents you now if we expand to the bedroom i just want to touch on a few other things that are important pay attention to what kind of items you have in your bedroom for instance books and electronics if television that sort of thing So books can be very active, yang energy for the bedroom. And if you have trouble sleeping, it's really a good idea to reduce the quantity of books that you have in the space. It could be too invigorating for you. Also, this applies to colors too. Colors can be very invigorating. Reds can be very invigorating. And it depends. So maybe you don't have trouble sleeping, but you need more passion. You can add more red. Maybe like a darker red too. Colors that tend to be better for relaxation and sleep in a space would be 
colors that you see in nature, like light blue as a sky, light green or deep greens, like the forest and trees, and even earthy colors like the tree like a tree trunk. It's also great to have organic materials around you if possible. Cotton sheets can have a lot of pesticides in them and chemicals, and it actually seeps into your skin when you sleep on them. And I know this isn't always possible for people, but if you can, that's a great thing to do, switch to organic sheets and linens. With electronics, there's something called electromagnetic forces, and that can create a lot of disharmony in your space and affect your sleep and your rest levels. So if possible, try to keep any electronics or anything plugged in at least five feet away from the bed. And with the television, if you have to have a television in your bedroom, it's sometimes nice if you can just cover it with a fabric, a beautiful scarf or something when it's not in use or when you're sleeping so it can really just mellow out that active electronic energy. The last thing I'd like to cover is the mirror in the bedroom. I get this question a lot, whether or not it's good feng shui to have a mirror in the bedroom. And some of you might be thinking that. So there's a lot of conflicting information and what I'm going to share with you comes from the BTB feng shui tradition. My teachers have told me that, so in ancient China, the story is that they believe that when you're sleeping, your spirit can leave your body. And if there was a mirror in the bedroom that when your spirit was trying, would try to find you after, you know, after I'd like to return, it might get confused as to, uh, whether to, if your body was your body or the body that's reflected in the mirror. And so that's where that, um, comes from. And there, I believe there may be other schools of feng shui. There's dozens of schools of feng shui. And there may be some schools of feng shui that say no mirrors in the bedroom. But the feng shui school that I practice, BTB, thinks that mirrors should mirrors are okay in the bedroom. For instance, if you need to correct your location of your bed, if you're not able to put your bed in the commanding position, then you can use a mirror to correct that and to adjust that placement. So I would ask you if you have trouble sleeping. If you have trouble sleeping, then sometimes a mirror isn't great in the bedroom, especially if it's facing the bed. Now, if you need to correct your bed for the commanding position, you should definitely do that. But if you're having a lot of trouble sleeping, if you have insomnia, or have trouble staying asleep, it might be a good idea to not have a, a mirror directly face your bed because it can be distracting in the middle of the night if you wake up and you see this reflection of yourself. And it could be alarming. You might see something move in the mirror and that's a real practical reason to not have the mirror in the bedroom. But otherwise, from what I've been taught, it's okay to have a mirror in the bedroom. So there you go. So today we've talked about how you can apply feng shui principles to your bedroom. We discussed what the bedroom represents. We talked about the bed and we talked about elements in the bedroom, including mirrors. I encourage each of you to make one change in your bedroom area this week. And it might be something as easy as cleaning under your bed. Let me know how it goes. If you do something great, please send me a picture. I'd love to see it. Please share it with us. 
And if you need any of the feng shui items that I discussed, for instance, the faceted feng shui crystal, you can find that on my website at holisticspaces.com. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Tune in on the second and fourth Mondays of every month for a new podcast episode. For the next episodes, episodes five, six, and seven, we're going to backtrack a little bit and look in depth at the nine Bagua areas. I'll be looking at three Bagua areas each week. So episode five next time, we'll look at the new beginnings area, the abundance area, and the health areas in detail and talk about adjustments that you can make in that area and what they represent. Thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, Please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.